Praise the Lord. Let's try that again. Praise the Lord. Christ is risen. Praise the Lord. Paiste Cristo. Buonas afiwe. Puji Tuhan. Praise the Lord in every language, every tribe, in every nation. Praise the Lord. We welcome you to worship this morning with our First Presbyterian Church family. Go ahead and have a seat unless you want to stand the whole time because you've got energy like me. According to my kids, too much energy for this time of the day. What a gift and honor it is. I welcome many of you home. Great, familiar faces that haven't been here in a long time. It's a joy to gather and worship in Easter morning. We're going to read from Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, please open. If you have your phone, please open those as well. Even if you're opening your phone to read, go ahead. Uh, You'll notice in your bulletin that we have a QR code. We'd love to know you are here. If you're worshiping with us online, uh, a virtual sunrise service, the sun actually has risen today, whether in your home or not. Uh, And Jesus has actually risen from the grave, whether you believe it or not. And so we have an opportunity to celebrate that as a family, and we want to know you're here. And if there's any way we can serve you or pray for you, please note that. Let's read the word of the Lord together. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he has told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. All flesh is grass, and all its glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Lord, this is your word. We celebrate your work, and we ask for your spirit. Fall and blow freshly upon us this morning, that we might know you more fully and serve you more faithfully and fruitfully when we leave here. In Jesus' name, amen. The women came to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus that had been dead, this was the third day. Now, let's go ahead and and get this on the table. What we're studying this morning is historic fact. Jesus rose bodily from the grave. The women that were the first witnesses would never have been something that would have been manufactured by someone who was creating a story. Women had no voice, no valid witness or testimony in the early church. They are named. It was Mary and uh, Salome and Mary Magdalene. These were actually people who, along with 498 other people, saw Jesus bodily resurrect. And this is Mark, the earliest gospel. Anyone 
could have validated this testimony. There's no other explanation for the historic birth of the church that happened because Jesus Christ bodily rose from the grave. And so as we head into studying history, we need to know what we know. And you know how Mary and Mary and Salome felt when they came to the tomb that morning. If you've ever been to a graveyard, you expect things to be sorrowful and silent, to grieve death. They went to anoint the body of Jesus, but they're clearly not good planners. (laughs) They're asking on the way, who's going to roll the stone back for us? And they get there and they look up and they saw it already rolled back. And I love the description of verse 3. It just says after the noting it was already rolled back, and it was very large. (laughs) And they looked and inside on the right side of the tomb, there was a man, not just a young man, not just a man, but he was a young man. The adjectives, the descriptions are personal. And we know from Matthew's account that this young man who is described as dressed in white actually looked like lightning. He was so, had such a powerful presence that the guards themselves were afraid. Now look down with me at verse 5. Entering the tomb, they saw the young lightning man sitting on the right side dressed in white. And it says, they were alarmed. And the young lightning man said, do not be alarmed. The word here for alarmed, it could be translated astonished. And it, it is the very description of people who have seen a marvelous and wonderful act of God, the same thing that described the disciples as they were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Overwhelming wonder. Do not be alarmed or astonished. When was the last time you were really alarmed or astonished? I mean, really woken up. For me, it was when I turned 40 years old. It was my birthday. And I uh, was doing what most people do at 1.30 in the morning. I was sleeping. And I had no idea. We lived in Jakarta, Indonesia at the time. It is so far on the other side of the world that if you go any further, you start getting closer. The world is round. That might be the biggest revelation for some of y'all here today. Just kidding. But I had no idea that when I went to bed that night that my oldest daughter, Lauren, had actually snuck out of the house with a friend, gone to the airport, and picked up my mom and my brother. They had told me they would never, I mean, explicitly, we're never going to come see you over there. Okay, thanks. I love you too, right? (laughs) It was too far. And at 1.30 in the morning, I woke up to something that gives me the heebie-jeebies under normal circumstances. But are you familiar with whisper screaming? Happy birthday. It's like fingers on a chalkboard. And if you can imagine waking up at 1.30 in the morning to your mom and your brother, and my brother's like a consummate performer. He's always performing as a musician. He's in my face going, happy birthday to you. And I was shocked. I was astonished. I was alarmed. It was a bit scary. My dog, Java, was in the corner urinating all over the floor. I'm so serious. It was a wonderful surprise, but it took a a good while for me to process nightmare, dream. What's happening? 
It ended, of course, in a phenomenal time of fellowship and joy. We hiked a volcano together. But when was the last time that you were really astonished and just shocked and surprised? You, you see, three days before, Pilate was shocked. He was astonished that the body of Jesus was already dead. And in fact, he, he had a professional executioner, the centurion. He does it for a living. He kills people. He certified Jesus was dead. They took his body and they put it in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was dead, dead. And so when they came and they saw with their eyes, they were astonished. The stone rolled away. A young angel man sitting there with, by an, in an empty tomb. He says, look and see. But it wasn't just what they saw that astonished them and, and made them afraid. It was also what they heard, the announcement. Jesus, who was crucified? He has risen. He's not here. And I don't know, I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure that the young angel man did not whisper scream the announcement. Jesus, who was crucified, he is risen and not here. I'm pretty sure this young man found his voice and he spoke with authority because this was exactly what Jesus had taught in Mark chapter 8, in Mark chapter 9, in Mark chapter 10. He would be handed over. He would be betrayed. He would suffer. He would die. And on the third day, he would rise. It wasn't just what they saw, but it was what they heard. The announcement led to fear. The announcement led to amazement and astonishment. God had been faithful to his word. Now, if you're a Christian in here today, we must listen to the voice of the little angel man. Do not be afraid or astonished. God is faithful to his work. He specializes in bringing resurrection. We must not be surprised or astonished when we see God resurrecting people's finances when they trust his design. We must stop being shocked and astonished when God does his resurrection reality with relationships that are broken, marriages that are falling apart, families that are fractured, friendships that are distant, hearts that are hard. Sin and shame that seems to define us and he resurrects us and he's faithful to his promise. That he gives us his robes of righteousness, that his grace is sufficient, that his power is made perfect in weakness. Jesus is the first fruits from the grave. He's a God of resurrection. He did not do this so that bad people can become good. Jesus did this so dead places can become alive. So that those who are dead in our trespasses and sin can be made alive together with Christ. And that by his spirit, we can walk in a newness of life. The announcement is proclaimed and the appointment is made. Look at the text. The young man says to these women after the announcement in verse 7, go and tell. Who are they to tell? His disciples who had all betrayed him. Go and tell who? Peter who had denied him three times. You see, grace is the ground that resurrection springs up from. We don't believe this based on our own moral performance and our own cleanliness. We believe this resurrection proclamation because we need it. And we know we need forgiveness and grace and restoration and resurrection. And when you encounter the living God, and you know that grace is the ground, not only on which you stand, but the resurrection, a reality of Christ springs forth from. 
then you have this new purpose. Go and tell. You have a new promise. Jesus has gone before you. It's right here in the text. Do you believe? Have you embraced this appointment? Many say yes, but they, they live as if nothing happened, totally normally, unchanged. Christians who are unchanged are marked with unbelief. When we believe and really encounter the resurrected Jesus, everything changes. Many say, yes, I believe, but they respond and live morally. Listen, moral transformation only happens from heart transformation. And if our response to Easter is just to go out and I'm going to check more religious boxes, that's unsustainable. It can't sustain over the long haul. The astonishing reality of Christ transforms us to the core and it leads to hope. Hope manifest in these women is hurry. They hurry and go forward. Hope manifests for these women. It's heaviness. This isn't just something that they hear, okay, all right, let's go have breakfast. They feel the weight of this. They're, they're trembling. They're, it says they're seized. They were afraid. Hope leads to being afraid. Oh, Mitchell, I thought, Jesus says, do not fear. I'm with you always. Absolutely. But this short ending of Mark, which I hold to and most people hold to, you'll see in your Bibles that there's extra verses that are added after verse 8, and those have been added later because uh, generally it's accepted that the church wasn't comfortable with this ending of the women being afraid. Now, the last word in Greek is, is actually for. They end in a preposition, but in English it is afraid. And this word is super significant. Because it marks the heart of those who are hoping in the promises of heaven and the heaviness that comes from the reality of being agents of this message. To be afraid. This is what the disciples were in chapter 4. When Jesus calmed the storm, he said, don't be afraid. When, when Jesus cast legion of demons out of the man on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, it said the people saw this mighty act of God and they were afraid when the bleeding woman came to Jesus in Mark chapter 5, and, and she had been bleeding for years and nobody could help her, and she touched Jesus and he healed her. She was afraid. And in that same scene, when Jesus was on the way to Jairus' house and his daughter had died, he said, don't be afraid. She's only sleeping. And a fear seized them. You see, the disciples were afraid when they saw Jesus walking on water. This fear is a holy fear knowing that we've encountered a divine being, Jesus himself, that is above all powers, above, he's the author of every law. He's the controller of everything. He can calm the seas, he can calm your heart. He can heal the sick, and he can resurrect from the grave. He is faithful to his promises, the word of his power it transforms. And when we hear the reality of his resurrection and we hear the announcement and we have the appointment, then it is right for us to be afraid because God himself has entered into the very place of the curse and he has defeated it so that blessing can come to all who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the grave? Do you believe in the grace of God that is the ground 
of resurrection springing forth? Do you believe in this historic reality that has eternal transforming implications for you, for your relationships, for our church, for our neighbors, for our neighborhoods, and for every nation? Do you believe Jesus Christ who was handed over He was crucified and he died and he rose from the grave. You see, the tomb is empty. Do you believe? If you believe, then let us go. Let us go with the heaviness of this hope. Let us go with a heavy burden for those that do not believe. Let us go to the places that are the most dead so that Christ can get the most glory. Let us go, not from brokenness, but towards us. Let us go, not to those who believe, but to those who don't believe. Let us go. Let us go not to the people and the places that are sanitized and look good, but to those that have denied Jesus and run from Jesus who need to hear the grace and the restoration that comes from Jesus Christ, who's risen from the grave. Let us go, because he has come. And friends, he will come again. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we can move from our grief and groaning into gratefulness and generosity when we're grounded in your grace, the resurrection that rises from this truth. We thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in Christ. We ask King Jesus that you would be pleased by the power of your Holy Spirit to touch dead places in our life and bring life. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch hearts that are hard and bring softening. We pray, Jesus, for those even in here that come curious and skeptical. Lord, we ask that they would have confidence to be able to put their faith in you. We thank you for of the victory of the King of Kings, and we ask that we would be faithful in taking it to every place and to every person. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.